2 Corinthians 11, verse 16. I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then receive me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself forward or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. What anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. You're watching the cricket. Australia have just won back the Ashes 5-0 with the victory. Steve Smith is at the press conference. He's being presented with that tiny, precious little trophy. What do you want to hear him say? You want to hear him say, we smashed them and they're just a bunch of pathetic losers. I mean, let's face it, they really didn't stand a chance against the force of the Australian cricket team. Or do you want to hear him say, it was a great contest and full credit to the English, they pushed us hard at every turn. It's federal election night, five minutes past eight, the polls have just closed in Western Australia. Malcolm Turnbull has already conceded defeat and Bill Shorten is facing the TV cameras. What do you want to hear him say? Do you want to hear him say, this is really a tribute to my brilliant leadership and charisma. The Labor Party are what they are today because I have made them that. Or do you want to hear him say, we're humbled that the electorate has shown this confidence in us to form government and we've been entrusted with a great responsibility and we will endeavour to live up to that responsibility. See, generally speaking, Australians don't like people who boast. 
or certainly boast about themselves. We prefer, prefer people to demonstrate a little bit of humility. We don't like people who want to put the spotlight onto themselves. We like winners. In fact, we're really disappointed when Australians lose. But we don't like winners who want to blow their own trumpet or big note themselves. Now, while Australians don't like boasting, I suppose we realise that there are some cultures around the world where boasting is pretty acceptable and, and in fact, seen as being a good thing. There are some cultures where boasting is actually what you'd expect to hear from people. And that was certainly the case in the Greco-Roman culture of Paul's day at the time that he wrote this letter to the Corinthians. And the issue that comes up all the way through the letter, and particularly in the passage we're looking at today, is boasting and humility. For Greeks, boasting was admirable, a good thing. It showed it was something to be respected. Uh, the great a philosopher, Aristotle, said that pride was an admirable thing and part of a well-balanced life. Wanting to be honoured and revered was a good thing in the culture of that day. And listing off your exploits, listing off all of the great things that you'd done is perfectly acceptable. Humility, on the other hand, was seen as a weakness, as a bad thing, that you would shun humility. And this is where Christianity finds itself at odds with the Greco-Roman world that Paul lived in and I think still with the world today. But more than anything else, this is where Paul finds himself at odds with the super-apostles of his day. Now, up to this point in the letter, Paul hasn't allowed himself to fall into the trap of boasting. The super-apostles have been doing their fair share of it while they've been in Corinth, boasting about their credentials, boasting about their exploits, boasting about their abilities and their achievements. And in chapter 11, verse 20, we get a glimpse of how Paul actually views these super-apostles and the way that they think that they're so important. Look at what he says they've done to the Corinthians. In fact, he says to the Corinthians, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or pushes himself forward and slaps you in the face. So these super-apostles, they're bold, they're assertive, they're out there, they're, they're claiming their ground. But humility is the characteristic that Jesus demonstrates. And that's the characteristic trait he wants to see in his followers. Paul decides it's time to do a little bit of boasting, just like the super apostles. Well, not quite like the super apostles. Uh, there's kind of three rounds of boasting that happen here in chapter 11. First round starts there in verse number 21. Uh, this is an area where Paul uh, is more than able to compete in terms of his heritage with these super apostles. The super apostles were quoting their Jewish credentials and Paul says, big deal, I can quote that. Have a look partway through verse 21. What anyone else dares boast about, I'm speaking like a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Big deal, Paul says. I can match them at every turn if they want to boast about their heritage. But then round two of the boasting is to do with heroic achievements. 
It's very acceptable in the Greco-Roman culture for people to boast about their heroic achievements, the great things that they've done. In fact, as I said, it was pretty much commonplace and very much accepted. Uh, there was a document from back in Paul's time that was called, and you've got to love the subtlety of the title, The Achievements of the Divine Augustus. Augustus was the emperor of uh, Rome around about the time of the birth of Jesus and he wrote this up himself. He couldn't trust anyone else to write it and get it all correct. So he wrote about his achievements. He's boasting about the great things that he had done. Here's the opening words. The deeds of the divine Augustus by which he subjected the whole wide world to the rule of the Roman people and of the money which he spent for the state and the people of Rome. He had it engraved on two bronze pillars so that everybody could read about his great achievements. But were you listening to the Bible passage that was read for us? Did you hear Paul's great achievements? Did you hear about the successes that he wanted to boast about? Well, he wanted to boast about his troubles and his hardships. Instead of talking about heroic achievements... He talks about all the problems that he's had, the fact that he's been shipwrecked, beaten up, thrown into prison. I mean, it's hardly the sort of thing that you'd boast about in polite Greek society. In fact, this is the kind of stuff that you'd be embarrassed about. I mean, have a look at it. Pick it up in verse number 23. Let me read through what the things that Paul wants to boast about. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind talking like this. I am more. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false brothers. I've laboured and toiled and have gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now let's be totally clear. Had Paul wanted to boast about heroic achievements, had he wanted to put a, a great CV out there to impress people, Well, he had a pretty good CV, didn't he? I mean, he could have boasted about his conversion, actually meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. He could have boasted about being commissioned by Jesus himself to be the apostle to the Gentiles. He could have boasted that he was approved by the leadership in Jerusalem and sent out to preach the good news. He could have talked about the churches that he'd planted in Galatia and and Corinth and Thessalonica and Philippi and Ephesus and Colossae and many more. He could have talked about raising a man from the dead. He could have talked about casting out demons and the other healings that he performed. He could have talked about standing up to the city officials in Philippi. He could have talked about being invited to preach at the Areopagus in Athens. And he could have talked about all the people who've been converted through his ministry. But he doesn't mention any of that. He doesn't put any of that in here. He'd rather talk about the things that make him look weak. There's one more little boasting that you might not have noticed as boasting. It's right at the very end of the passage. Back in uh, in our day, the highest military honour that someone can receive is the Victoria Cross. 
It's the highest award for gallantry in the face of the enemy that can be given to any soldier. The highest award back in Paul's day was a thing called the Corona Muralis or the Crown of Towers. The award was given for one very specific act of gallantry. Uh, when the Romans siege a city, they had these, you can see this tower on the far, far right hand side. They had these towers that they pushed up against the wall of the city and the soldiers would try and get over the wall of the city. And they awarded this award, it's, it's what he's wearing on his head, the crown of towers was awarded to the first soldier to get over the wall when they took a city, when the siege was on. And Paul's clearly got that in mind when he talks about his achievement. Have a look at it in verse 31. Chapter 11, verse 31. He says, The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aratas had the city of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered in a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. Do you see what Paul's done there? I'm sure he's got this Corona Muralis in mind, this award for bravery to the first one in the city. Well, he's the one, he says, I'm the one that was a chicken and was put into a basket and lowered down to get out of the city. But then in chapter 12, the boasting takes on a slightly different tack. It's kind of genuine boasting this time, but in order to limit the boasting, he wants to talk about it as though it's happened to someone else. He says this in the beginning of chapter 12. He says, I knew a man in Christ. But it becomes pretty obvious that he's actually talking about himself. He's not talking about somebody else here. And this is a remarkable experience that he talks about, being taken up into heaven, being in God's very presence. That's what the idea of the third heaven means. He's had this incredible experience, and even Paul himself wasn't exactly sure what had happened, whether it was some vision that he'd had or whether or not he'd physically been taken up there. But look at what he says in verse 6, chapter 12. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or do, I will refrain. Did you hear that? He could have boasted if he wanted to. It's got way more to boast about than the super apostles, but he chooses not to boast. And he wants people to judge him by what he says and what he does. He wants to be judged by his actions and his teaching. Don't judge me by experiences that I've claimed to have. Don't judge me by achievements that I want to boast about. Don't judge me by my courage or heroic deeds. Judge me by what I do and what I say. It's pretty clear from this passage that Paul hates this whole idea of boasting. He thinks it's stupid. That's what he's been saying all the way through. Have a look back in chapter 11, verse 17. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. You want to boast about how great you are? You're an idiot, Paul says. Verse 21. What anyone else dares boast about, I'm speaking like a fool, I also dare boast about. 
Verse 23, are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind talking like this. I am more. I mean, all the way through, he keeps saying, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe that you've pushed me to this. This is so stupid. He's not doing it because he seriously wants to compete. He doesn't want to be involved in the boasting stakes with the super apostles. But more than that, Paul wants to boast about his weakness. He wants to boast about the things that show him as being a frail person. Chapter 11, verse 30, if I boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And then turn over to chapter 12, verse 10. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What he means is, when he knows that he's weak, he recognises that he can trust Jesus who is strong. That's the point that Paul's made all the way through this letter, isn't it? Boasting about what you've done, well, that just demonstrates your failure to understand the gospel. If you're putting the spotlight on yourself, then you've made a big mistake because it's not about you. If you want to draw attention to your achievements, if you think the spotlight should be put on your experiences and your life, then you haven't understood what it is that Jesus has achieved for you. It's not about you. It's about God's grace shown to us through his son. Going back a few years ago now, I went and saw this guy. His name's Michael Carter, Christian singer. And on the night that he performed, there was another guy who got up and sang before him. And the previous guy, the the guy who sang before him, sang all of these songs about his own experience and what he felt about God. And, you know, it was all kind of those me, me, me sort of songs. And, And when Michael Card came out to sing, I remember so clearly his opening words. He said, tonight, I want to sing to you about Jesus because... In the end, he's the only one worth singing about. Now, I don't think it was a criticism of the previous performer. I'm not sure that he even heard the previous performer. But he certain, but it certainly did highlight the difference between the two of them. Uh, the first guy had sung all about himself. And Michael Card came out and sang for two hours about Jesus. And that's exactly what Paul says he wants to do. Paul doesn't want to draw attention to himself. I mean, the only reason he wants the spotlight anywhere near him is to show just how weak he is. When Paul shows how weak he is, then the strength of Christ comes shining through all the more brightly. Now, I'm certain that any people in a position of leadership in church need to be really careful about what Paul is saying here. They need to take note of what Paul says. It's an ever-present danger for leaders, particularly in Christian organisations, to want to draw attention to themselves. Not too long after we moved up to the north coast, we were uh, gone down to the beach for the afternoon and we were sitting, on the, sitting in the sand. It had been a really long week and I was a little bit tired, probably even a little bit grumpy, but uh, a guy came over and he was one of the elders from one of the other churches in town and uh, he sat down next to me and We got talking and the conversation went for quite some time and it was really quite very much all about him. 
He wanted to tell me why he'd been chosen, chosen as an elder in his church. He wanted to tell me about the great gifts and abilities that he had, the roles that he played within the life of the church. And he wanted to tell me about his great abilities as a teacher. I mean, the conversation really got quite embarrassing, I thought, as I'm sitting there listening to all of this. I felt like he was just waiting for me to say, gee, Jesus really is lucky to have you, isn't he? I mean, that was that seemed to be the tenor of the conversation. But it's not just leaders that need to be careful. I think it's all followers of Jesus need to take great care. There's no place for boasting in the Christian life. There's a lot of place for humility. And that's the thing that Jesus demonstrated. He's the one who washed his disciples' feet. Remember that? He's the one who who was in very nature God, but didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took on the nature of a servant. Humility is what Jesus expects from his followers. It's what he demonstrated in his own life. Don't boast about what you do. Don't boast about the roles that you have or the committees that you're on or the way that you serve or how great you are. Make sure you keep putting the spotlight on Jesus, on his love, on his grace, on his strength. Next time you're tempted to put the spotlight on yourself, remember that's not where it belongs Make sure you keep shining the spotlight on Jesus because in the end, he's the only one worth singing about.